This is Jocko Underground Podcast. Number 54, Echo Charles sitting here with me. This is actually your, for some reason you want, you were asking about this, mm-hmm. this topic of the day. The topic is alpha, beta, gamma. I think gamma, omega, delta, and sigma humans. Male, female. Yeah. Uh, had you ever heard, I think you mentioned to me you you saw online or something you were reading about the sigma male. Yeah. Is this sigma is like the new one, right? I, that's what I thought at the time. Yes. So I didn't really know too much about the sigma. Of course, y'all, everyone hears you know the the alpha. Everyone hears that. Uh, so you just say, hey, what what are these things? So I figured we'd look into them a little bit. Uh, the term, these terms, were almost solely used to describe animals up until the 1990s. So there was, back in the day, they didn't, they didn't use these. And there's a book that came out in 1982 called Chimpanzee Politics by Franz de Waal, which suggested that maybe some of these categories could be applied to human beings. And then in the 1990s, and this is from Wikipedia, so take that for what it's worth. <laughs> Dove deep on the research, <laughs> plugged sure. it into Wikipedia, see what yeah, we yeah. get. Yeah. 1990s term used to describe quote manly men that are successful in business, and and then there's of course a whole thing about these same terms used to describe females. So I had heard of alpha, I had heard of beta. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of gamma. I hadn't heard of omega. I hadn't heard of delta, and I you kind of chimed me in on the whole sigma phenomenon. Do you think the sigma is is what people want to be? Or does well, everyone just want to be alpha? I, f- I feel like Sigma's at the end the of the day, trend. you'll go into what each one is, is. I feel like everyone wants to be alpha, but Sigma is like a poor man's poor man's <laughs> yeah, alpha. like like a poor man like a um like an introvert. You know, alpha is like he'll take charge, he'll make calls, he'll he'll talk to anybody, whatever. Right. The sigma is like he's introvert and shy and stuff. And then so it he kind of I don't know like kind of embraces that whole thing, kind of like a quiet freaking right. alpha or something. So alpha, here's some descriptions. Alpha is supposed to be dominating and charismatic, the born leader understands his priorities and utilizes, and always utilizing his time. That's the alpha. The beta is modest and easygoing, ideal husband type. <laughs> Works a lot, but is overshadowed by, overshadowed by his peers. The gamma is introverted, introverted and super sensitive. I don't think I fall in the category of super sensitive. <laughs> super insensitive. Uh, the yes man at the office is the gamma. Mm. Has big plans but lacks determination and focus. Gamma. Hmm. Next one is Omega. There's a movie called Omega Man. I wonder why it's called that. Omega Man? Yeah. This person is skillful and self-sufficient. The odd one in the, in the wolf pack. Laid back, not chasing success or money. Huh. So like the artsy type or something? I don't That's know. That's what it sounds like. Actually, they don't even really talk about that. They don't even talk about like which one of these has some creative aspect to them, as opposed to like the big five, which is open-mindedness, and those people tend to be more creative. Mm. Next one is Delta, modest and hardworking, wants attention but can't get it, works hard but an- unable to draw attention. Mm. And then the Sigma, this is the latest and greatest edition. Hell yeah. <laughs> Super smart and extremely attractive. The manipulative mastermind. He is super ambitious ambitious and his own boss. So there you go, dude. I don't even know. Like, do we even need to go any further on these things? Because <laughs> it's like just they're, they're just some basic kind of personality stereotypes, right? Yeah. Isn't that basically what they are? Yeah. Just some basic Seems stereotypes. Like and then that's that. Yeah, and a lot of times too, kind of similar to like a horoscope kind of scenario where, you know, people want to. I feel like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking about this for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But every once in a while, where you, like you'll fall into it and you wonder, oh, what, what? Given these this category or this this criteria, mm-hmm. like who am I, right? Then you kind of look at it, and e- 
if I have a cool name, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Gamma doesn't sound cool. I don't know why. Wait, but, do you think Beta sounds cool? No, Beta doesn't sound cool either. <laughs> actually, I had a fish called a Beta. You know, you know what what's beta funny fish is you is? actually have a name, Echo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's going to be the new Kind one. of in there, the huh? New hot He's yeah. an Echo male. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> means he presses record? Freaking copycat or something. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. But Sigma sounds cool. Delta sounds cool. Omega sounds cool. Um, I guess beta gamma doesn't sound that cool. That's just my opinion. Alpha, of course. Okay, so you're cool. just going on name. Yeah, you know, but I'm saying like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm a delta. You know, it's like you, I don't know if this is a natural thing. Maybe, maybe not. But you know how like people who are into uh, astrology or whatever, mm -hmm. their horoscope, they're like, yeah, I'm a Sagittarius. So therefore I, this yeah, and that, yeah. or you're, he's a Leo. So this, yeah. and you know, it's, I think some at some level, yep. I don't know. It feels good to be like in a sort of category. Well, know, yeah, I, like, I mean that's you know, why like people do their genetic test and they're like, I am a Native American, and they're like point zero or like I'm Viking or yeah, whatever. Like they're yeah. they do that and they're like kind of yeah. Hey, I'm Scots Irish. I was you know a Highlander. Like people yeah. <laughs> people get into that kind of stuff and yeah. I wonder why that like maybe it's because uh, this is just off the top of you saying it in that voice made me uh, kind of think of like oh yeah like if if this k alpha okay not alpha alpha is like obvious but let's say sigma for mm -hmm. example right it's like hell yeah that's a cool name for that kind of person and then it's like yeah i'm a sigma i'm super smart i'm extremely attractive uh, i'm a mastermind that yeah. can be manipulative yeah you know yeah you know what's you know what people start to try and fulfill the prophecy mm. right a little bit like oh i'm an alpha like yeah. a woman could dominate this room. Yeah. And there's no one that's like, hey, I'm going to be more beta. In fact, they're running away from beta. They're like, wait a second. A beta is modest. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be a beta. I'm going to be, hey, what's up? Yeah. Uh, the Sigma, since I, I pulled some traits for the Sigma male, it says he loves being alone, but he values other people. He's a silent leader. What's interesting about that is I talk a lot about being a silent leader as a goal. Yeah. Because if you're doing everything right as a leader, you shouldn't have to say too much, and the team's already getting it done. Yeah, call that the silent leader. This is a little bit different, but yeah, this is more like a personality yeah. thing, more so than a leading. Uh, he knows how to adapt to different situations. He treats everyone around. I think this is the selling. They're selling the sigma on this one. Yeah, is this is the sigma male the person that's not quite alpha, but then they're kind of coming up with their own yeah. new thing? That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> and keep in mind, I didn't read about this. I watched YouTube videos. Uh, okay. They kept popping up. It, about the Sigma male. And you know, once you uh, click on one, you see, you know. He treats everyone around him the same way. He doesn't need a social circle to be himself. Yeah, these are all super affirming, right? He mm -hmm. understands the importance of silence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he is morally gray or worse. That's a little bit of a negative, right? Mm -hmm. He hates living safely. I'm an adventurer. His social skills could use some work. He's incredibly self oh, because this isn't all positive. But you know what? That gives a little bit. Let's say you're socially awkward and you're yep. trying to buy into yep. this. You're like, well, you know, I'm kind of, I'm more of a sigma. That's what I thought. That's too. why I'm super awkward. <laughs> or like, you know how like, okay, so you know, public speaking, for example, yeah. or speaking in large groups or whatever, yeah. is like a, a an anxiety inducing thing for right, a lot right. of people. Yep. So that's like, the, you know, the alpha would never say that, right? Yeah, alpha doesn't like, care about it. Yeah, I'll talk to anybody. But man, sometimes it's like, man, you kind of can't help it. So it's like, hey, instead of just saying I'm an alpha, why don't I just say I'm a sigma? Yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, like I. It's like Dude, it's on I purpose. I don't it's like to purpose. get up in front of crowds. Yeah, I'm not okay. worried about that because I'm incredibly like. self-aware, which is another thing. <laughs> and I'm a master of my own fate, which is another thing. Yeah. And I could be an alpha if I wanted to. That's the last thing it says. He no. could be an alpha if he wanted. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It sounds me. like someone created Sigma recently. I should do a little more research and find out who created Sigma. It's probably some dude that's a little bit shy yeah. That feels a little bit insecure that he knows he can't just say I'm a f alpha <laughs> So he just made up this other yeah. thing over here called the Sigma yeah, the maybe. Sigma male um, So like I said man as far as I'm concerned these are just basically a bunch of stereotypes I don't know how much time we want to waste on this, but uh, here's one thing that I will take away from this Each one of these things look you could you could have a bunch of these different characteristics as one person and you most likely do Right, you most likely have some of these characteristics from each one of these categories, and I think what the important thing to do is to—and I've talked about this before—know what your tendencies are. Right, so know what your tendencies are, and if you know what your tendencies are, if you know that you 
kind of get pushed over too much. You're like, all right, I know that I have a tendency to say yes too easy. I need to be aware of that and give some pushback if I'm really, if 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 there's something that doesn't make sense, yeah. or maybe you feel like you're. Uh, I'm looking for one of these things. Maybe I feel like I'm I can be morally gray. I'm like I better keep myself in check and make sure I'm not doing something that's morally wrong. Mm. Hey, maybe I feel like my social skills aren't great. Maybe I should pay attention to how I'm looking other people in the eyes and greeting them and remembering their name and making them feel comfortable when I talk to them. So, I think it's imp- I think the good thing you can do about this or the, the thing I can take away from this Cause look, you don't want to say like you don't want to put the alpha traits up on your freaking gold board <laughs> and start saying I'm gonna be the alpha. Yeah, it seems kind of weird that even someone that really was like an alpha would right. have to sort of try and tell people that they're an alpha or try and tell themselves that they're not. There's probably already an issue there. You might be a little bit beta <laughs> if you're in that category. <laughs> That's what it feels like for sure. What and. Yeah, and I think it's like one of those things where like if you regard yourself as an alpha, that's one thing. But when you say it or <laughs> proclaim it or or really strongly imply it to yeah. others that you're yourself an alpha, that's I think or that's what it feels like what, what you're talking about. Yeah, you, it's you like, watch out a little bit. Yeah, it's like, a little indicator. Almost like, hey, you saying you're an alpha is real beta behavior or yeah. real un-alpha behavior kind of a thing. Yeah. Like you saying it. Yeah, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. So, yeah, um, that's what I would think I would do here. Know where your weaknesses are. Know where your strengths are. Use these things to give yourself a little bit of guidance so that you can work on your weaknesses and don't act like a jackass. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. You know, that's what I do anyways. Well. Because I'm an alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's just just get straight to some Q&A. No, Don't give me any more topics, bro. That would seem like a swing and a miss, to be honest with you. That seemed like a real real beta topic. <laughs> <laughs> I, when you think about it, no. Because I think that, look, the new ones... I think I feel like the new ones are just like kind of just more of the old ones. You think it's really. just either alpha or beta? Alpha, beta. So actually, I do. I accept the sigma. Okay. But I do feel like it's like one of these deals where, okay, look, can you proclaim yourself in alpha? Okay, whatever. That that aside, I feel like it's more like, okay, if you take a certain person, regardless of who it is, you just take them, you could probably assign, for the most part, especially right. if they're like, they have a, a very distinct personality, you could Stereotype. assign one of yeah. these to them. Stereotype you know? scenario. Where if you're like, who's an alpha? And you could probably name a few guys that you know mm-hmm. that are like, okay, that's an alpha dude. Or Sigma after this description here. You, oh, I know a guy like that who's like yeah. kind of, you know. Um, I feel like that's more of the thing. So, so after a while, right? You can people feel like they identify with or want to identify mm. with some of these, and it's you know, it's just one of those deals. Yeah, yeah. Check. 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 Let's get to Q and A. All right. Hi, Draco. I've been working at an electrical distribution company for just over two years. I'm only 23 years old, meaning that I don't have. A position of authority, but I do have some pretty big responsibilities now with being here for some time. There are a lot of outdated issues at this company because everyone here just thinks that's that's how it goes. That's how it goes, probably. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. They all know there are problems that need to be solved, but won't take initiative to actually solve them, or they won't construct new SOPs. I will eventually have more authority, but in the meantime, how can I stay motivated on the job? when there are so many things I feel like I can help fix, but can't yet because I don't have the authority. It's hard to keep the mindset when no one else has it and I feel helpless. Okay, so first of all, you don't need any authority to fix things. You, you, you don't need any authority. No one's gonna get mad at you when you make something better. I'm not saying you go out and step on toes and like run roughshod all over people and say like that's a dumb way of doing it follow my way no but if you start doing things and just start making things better things will get better and and especially these little jujitsu on people and you make these improvements other people's ideas so when I say hey you know boss you said it'd be fast if we you know 
you said the other way it'd be faster if we did it like this. So I, I made the change. Uh, good. Thanks for giving me that. You know, you just make give people credit, make it their ideas. But your your positional authority. First of all, if you're if you have positional authority and you use your positional authority to dictate and mandate changes, that's not really leadership and you're using your authority in a bad way and so that's not really great and that's not what we want to do anyways. What we want to do is we want to use our influence to get people on board with what we're doing because what we're doing is going to help the team. That's what we're doing. So I was the youngest and most junior guy in my first two SEAL platoons. So my first two SEAL platoons, I was the youngest guy, I was the most junior guy. And I was, I was, I think I was the most junior guy and probably the youngest guy when I was in training cell at SEAL Team 1. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. No one was like, hey, shut up, Jocko, we're not doing that. No, it didn't matter. It's like, hey, cool, I got that, I can run with that. Hey, I, you know, I wanted to run that comm, when GIF was on, we were talking about that comm school, mm. that the comm course that we wanted to run. Yeah. We were both junior guys. We ran that comm course all day. Mm. Yeah, we made it up. We did it. We implemented it. Was it because I was the lowest ranking guy in there? I think I might have been lower than GIF at that point. Yeah, I was because GIF made second class before me. So anyways, I was the lowest ranking guy. He was one of the most junior guys. We're in there making it happen. Is it because we had authority? No, it's because we had a good idea and we didn't step on anyone's toes. We massaged some egos on the way. So that's what you're doing. If, if you take ownership of things, you start making them better, people will listen. Look, do you have to use caution? Make sure you're not stepping on people's toes. Yes, you do. But does your company, your electrical distribution company, you think they want to lose money? You think they want to be less efficient? Efficient? Of course not. So just be a positive, indirect force to make things better. Meaning you don't slap people in the face with your new procedure. Yeah. You start doing things and making them better, and they'll get better. And hopefully, if you do this right, you'll get no credit whatsoever. I'm gonna say that again. If you do this right, you'll get no credit whatsoever. No one's gonna say, hey Fred, great job with that new protocol. If you do it right, the new protocol just gets implemented and you're just sitting there just getting after it, figuring out what to do next. So that's what you gotta watch out for. Is that little part in your head where you know, I will eventually have more authority. Mm. You're hungry for that authority. I don't want any authority. I just want to make things better. I don't care if I get credit. It's all good. Mm. So watch out for your ego and go make things happen. That last little part, part kind of got you. What did you think? <laughs> you kind of knew what I was going to say until I said that. And I was like, well, okay, there's yeah, the magic. It did feel like a good. Um, there's the black belt. Okay. Yeah, the, a good addition. There's the, uh, the, the alpha. To the, to the protocol where, look, I'm a, let's say I'm a 15-year-old mm-hmm. kid. I don't know, maybe 11. I don't know. Okay. And my mom or dad always tells me, hey, take out the trash. It's your job to take out the trash after dinner. Yeah. So every night I got to be reminded, right? I forget to whatever, right? But I start doing it on my own. The reason I'm doing it is so the trash is taken out. Because that's what the group needs. That's what the household needs. Not so I can go back to mom and dad and be like, look, I did it without you asking me. See what I'm saying? That's two subtle different motivations there. Even though you kind of do want that, you do want them to notice that you did it. This is so subtle that I don't understand. (laughs) No. (laughs) You do want them to recognize that you took out the trash without having to be asked to do it. Okay. But that's not why you did it. Right. You did it because you want the trash out just like everybody else. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, cool. Amen. <laughs> these these lessons are everywhere. That's all I'm saying. I don't know, man. That was a weird connection. It was a stretch. Well, you said. And I even by saying this, I feel like I'm stretching it even more. Nope. You will get no credit. Yeah. You will get no credit to making the improvements that you feel need to be made. Yeah. But if so, you're doing it, what's your motivation? Here, here's the here's I think the step that you're missing is that imagine if. Your parents wanted you to take out the trash down the front hallway, over the couch, under the front porch, and drag the trash can out of the side yard and into the front yard every single day. Mm -hmm. And you realize you could just go right out to the side yard door and put it in the garbage. Mm -hmm. 
and and you just started doing it. Mm-hmm. And you came up with a more efficient way. Mm-hmm. And and then you're like, hey, I came up with a much more efficient way of doing this because I'm smarter than you guys. <laughs> then they're gonna go, you know, hey, well, we don't want you using the side door because yeah, yeah. we've always used the couch method. Right. So then you end up like making people's ego flare up yeah. and there's a problem. So take, I'll take your analogy, I, I, I call it and I'm gonna up the ante a little bit so we're, so we're good. Right, we don't need to talk about it anymore. I understand completely. <laughs> what, uh, what does rough shot mean? You said running just rough like, shot? Just like smash, just smashing them, like just running rough shot all over them. <laughs> just burning them into the ground, stomping them into the ground type thing. I'm gonna eat salad. Just, just, just kinda how. Freaking alphas do it. (laughs) (laughs) Jocko, I just recently had a chief's interview with the fire department. The The last interview before selection. I felt as though I had a strong interview. Earlier this week, I got the email that I wasn't selected for this recruit class. Initial reaction was good. Time to improve. I've I've also realized the fire service is something that I want to pursue a career in. But as the week has gone on, I have casted doubt now. On if it was a strong interview or not. Clearly, the answer is the answer they gave were not what they were looking for. I've already applied for the next recruit class and look forward to improving. I tend to overthink every step of this process. How do I silence the demons of my own brain that feed off those doubtful thoughts and go in with confidence and get the select and get selected for this fire service? Um. All right, so the first thing is kind of trying to figure out, like, what are they actually looking for for real, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a chance that you gave good answers, but, like, hey, I got my cousin Fred over here, and he's getting hired. You know, he's yeah. getting the, the – like, what are they really looking for? So so think about that. Like, what are they actually really looking for? And then you got to think about this, too. Do they really want someone that is totally super squared away and gung-ho that might threaten them like there's there's that thing going on too yeah Yeah, and and again i have no idea of the context of your your the fire department who it's at where it's at how big the department is all those things but just throwing it out there we don't really know what are they actually looking for and sometimes giving the answers that they're looking for sometimes if i'm asking you echo if i go hey echo what do you think you should do in this situation you're like cover move and I'm like, okay, this dude just parroting what I would want him to say. And then the next guy comes in, I go, hey, what do you think we should do, Fred? And Fred's like, hey, in a situation like this, I would probably move down. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he gives me a legitimate answer where you're just parroting what I would want you to hear. Uh-huh. And so you sound like a parrot or you sound like a sycophant that's just kissing up to me. Mm-hmm. So, And if I'm a good leader, I'm kind of like, hey, I don't need somebody that's just going to parrot what I say. Yeah. There's also leaders that are like, oh, that's perfect, Echo. Oh, yeah. Good job. Cover move all day. Nicely done. We're gonna hire you. So you gotta figure out. You gotta figure out what your what your what they're thinking a little bit. You know, I used to get these going back to the I used to get these young guys going through my training and they do some stupid move, some stupid maneuver. And I'd be like, Why'd you do that? And they'd say, I thought that's what you wanted, would want me to do. And I'd say, hey, don't ever again do what you think I would want you to do. Do what's smart. Mm. Um, again, not saying that you could have either one of the, either one on this situation. Uh, so here's, a, here's some tactical kind of pragmatic stuff you can do. Write down the questions that you got asked and the answers that you gave to them. And then like think about it, write them down, and then do a detached assessment of you know how they actually sounded once you kind of thought through them. Mm. Another thing that could be playing here, you say you overthink everything. This is what he says. He says he overthink. Are you talking too much? Mm. Are you get in there and you bip, 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 you get, you know you you talk and you answer and you give a different angle on the answer and all of a sudden you sound indecisive because you're overthinking. Mm. So now I'm thinking, man, I don't want this guy on my team. He's gonna be running around trying to make a decision. And is not gonna be able to come up with one because he's. You can be talking it through his head over and over again. So, so watch out for that. But write down the questions that you got asked. Write down the answers that you gave to the best of your memory, and then do a detached assessment. And and look and see if is there some kind of a manual or some kind of doctrine that the fire department has that you can compare your answers to. Right? Do they have some kind of a leadership manual? Do they? What do they have? So I would do that, and then I would if. 
you could figure this out, how to do this in a non-intrusive way, ask to talk to one of the leaders that interviewed you and say, hey, I'd love to get some feedback with you. If I could spend 15 minutes during your lunch break, I'd love to come by and just, I, I wrote down the answers and I just wanted to kind of talk through and see where where I might have been off or what I could learn from this experience. Mm. I don't think, you know, guys, if, you know, depending on how busy the department is, you could find out when someone's on shift, roll by there, hey, I did the interview, yeah. Hey, I wrote down my answers. I'm just looking for some guidance. I, I feel like I really kind of messed up and I really want to do this job. This one will make my career. Can you give me some help on some of the answers that I gave? I don't want the answers, but just can you give me, you know, so something like that. And then, and then pull out your notebook and take notes. And, and understand kind of the why behind the answers that they're looking for. Not just, oh, you want me to say this, but like, why, why do they want you to say that? Mm-hmm. Why is that important? And then work on your weaknesses, which sounds like it's your interview. And then that's it. And you said it you, out of the gate. You said the right thing, which is good. Just more time to get better. You're gonna have a. You're gonna be able to do better on the PT test next time. You're gonna be able to do better on the written test next time, and you'll end up doing better on the interview. And do you know what else? Run yourself through a mock interview with some people. Hopefully, some firefighters. Hopefully, some somebody that has some experience in this. But even if they don't, just. You know, do it with your mom for crying out loud. Mm. Have your mom ask you the hardest questions she can think of. And then just talk, answer them to the best of your ability. Then have your dad do it. Then have your brother do it. Then have your sister do it. Then have your neighbor do it. Keep, you know, coming up with some questions and giving answers. And you're going to get better at formulating good, simple, clear, concise answers that they'll probably be more, that they're probably looking for more than the convoluted sort of overthought question answers that you might have given. Mm. So there you go. Jocko, Echo. Want to ask about the indirect approach versus direct approach. I found your teachings on the indirect approach immensely helpful as an Air Force instructor pilot. Getting a student to come to the conclusion themselves via indirect questioning has proved far more effective than the direct sit there and listen while I tell you everything you did wrong. My question is, what's a good way to respond when someone treats you with a direct approach? I'm thinking of the guy who says, hey, you're wrong, or I'm not going to sugarcoat it, common phrase, and proceeds to uh, pontificate about how the world works and so on. Any good tactics on this scenario? I try to respond with the sincere questions, yet usually these individuals either ignore the question and continue on their train of thought or proceed to point out why my question is stupid, which, hey, maybe it is. Appreciate all you guys do. Big fan of Vanilla Gorilla and Mango Mayhem. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You said that, and I dig it. Of course. Of course. All right. So what do I do until I get some the Mr. Direct Approach wants to tell me what I'm doing wrong? Yeah. Oh, I can tell you what I do. Get out my notebook and start writing them down. Oh, oh, hey, hold on a second, Echo. Let me just, I want to I take down some notes on what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Someone, If someone's giving me direct feedback, great. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to apply that feedback that's relevant and appropriate. I'm going to take it on board. That's what I'm going to do. Pretty straightforward. Now listen, if... What they're saying, if I don't truly don't understand it, if it doesn't make sense to me, and notice I'm saying if it doesn't make sense to me, I'm not saying that echoes, you you don't make sense. I'm saying, hey, I, it doesn't make sense to me what you're saying. I am obviously not doing a good job of following what you're saying on your feedback. Can you break this down for me a little bit more so I fully understand? And then I'll listen. And then, yes, I will intently ask earnest questions and really, truly try to understand their perspective and their point of view and try and see where I can implement their feedback. Because that's, that's how we're going to improve. That's also how we're going to get them to realize that I can listen to what you have to say. It's no problem. And I'm humble. And this is this is where the trouble comes in. The trouble is this is a you have to put your ego into hardcore check mode. Hardcore, hardcore check mode. This is one of the <laughs> toughest scenarios to to put the ego in check. Is when someone mm-hmm. 
anyone, but mostly, look, if you have a lot of respect for someone, they give you feedback, it's kind of, you know, you're down with it. Yeah. Even then, it kind of hurts sometimes. Yeah. But if it's someone that's like your peer and you're already sort of look, looking at them in a negative light because they're not smart enough to know to use the indirect approach, so you're like, oh, this is one of those guys, yeah. not even, doesn't even know how to use the indirect approach, just coming right at me. Yeah. What an idiot. And now I have to listen to him tell me how to fly an airplane better. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> this is ridiculous. So we gotta take all that and we gotta put it in check and that's hard to do. That's hard to do. So yeah, someone wants to give me direct feedback, that's awesome. And I, I mean, I have this in leadership strategy and tactics. And I, I mean, the, 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 I say, oh, when someone that you really don't respect wants to tell you what you can do better, what you need to do is, listen to them absorb their, their information. Mm-hmm. And and also, when, when if you're gonna give me feedback and you're like giving me 50% feedback and 50% insults, mm-hmm. I'll be like, okay, how do I sort through these insults which are just kind of meant to offend me? And mm-hmm. there must be some good feedback in there. I was taking the time to tell me what's going on, so there must be some good things I need to listen to. Yeah. And you know, he's getting a little riled up, so he's throwing some insults my way, no factor. Mm-hmm. Now listen, does this mean you let people walk over all over you all the time? No, it doesn't. And is there a time where you say, hey, hey can you do, just hold on a second, Echo? <laughs> You're telling me that I looked stupid while I was flying the plane? Could you expand on that a little bit? Because I'm not sure I'm track. You see what I'm saying? Like, ask somebody a serious question. Like, yeah. you know, try, try and get through to them. You're not going to let, let just let people walk all over you. Although, I'll, pro- I'll go out on a, on a limb here and say that when people have given me that kind of shit before, like even as a new guy in a SEAL platoon, you're going to get ragged on. What do you do? They, they throw me 50% insult, 50% f- feedback, criticism. Hey, Roger that. <laughs> no factor. Not let anybody know. Not let him know. It annoys me. And eventually they're going to get bored of trying to, like insult me. Yeah. And 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 what's the more alpha move? To be like, hey, don't talk to me like that, or to be like, oh yeah, okay, thanks for the feedback. Just like no factor. That might be a sigma move. I don't know, but like you see what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, sir, I do. Which, which one indicates, hey, I'm pretty comfortable and secure with who I am and what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. The person that gets all defensive and like goes on the attack, or the person that's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Whatever. You ever seen that when people are interacting and like one person's trying to trying to uh, insult someone else and the other person goes, eh. yeah, yeah, Roger that. Yep. I just saw an example of this. I forget where it was. I don't know. Actually, if you watch the some of the Johnny Depp uh, trial, <laughs> the trial. <laughs> yeah, right. They'd be like trying to he like smile, laugh at yeah. stuff. Like the lawyers, like, what about you know you you poured a. What was the what kind of drink did he pour? A mega pint. He's like, you poured a mega pint of wine, and Johnny Depp's like, a mega pint. <laughs> he just has yeah. fun with it. Yeah. Instead of getting all defensive and crazy, he's just like, yeah, I, I like my wine, homie. You ever watch American Gangster with Denzel Washington? I don't think so. Revisit that one. So there's a there's a time he there's a scene. He comes in the club mm-hmm. to confront Nikki. Mm-hmm. Another like a, a buyer, another drug dealer yep. that buys his stuff and resells it. In Nikki's club, mm-hmm. who's played by Cuba Gooding Jr., by the way. So he goes in there, and he goes in there to kind of confront him in a nice way, in who's a silver way. Who's confronting? Denzel? Denzel Washington. He's going to confront Cuba Gooding Jr. Correct. Okay. Uh, Frank Lucas confronting Nikki. Uh, so he's, and he's confronting him in a nice and civil way. Just mm-hmm. saying, he's saying, hey, don't buy my Blue Magic. It's called Blue Magic uh, heroin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And cut it down, like dilute it, and then keep calling it blue magic because it essentially becomes a different product. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what he wants to tell him. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's like, hey, you know, you don't do it, don't do it, whatever, Tells, gives him the super nice lecture. Right? And Nikki kind of loses his temper. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, I don't like the words insist. It's a good scene. I can't redo it, unfortunately, word for word. But it's a really good scene. So Nikki starts losing his temper. Mm-hmm. Say like, how do you, you should come into my club and uninvited and all this stuff telling me that you got to insist on me never doing this. How about you say please and thank you, like getting all nuts, right? And uh, Frank what, Lucas. What's Denzel He's do? just looking at him and he kind of subtly smiles and just goes, my man. 
just walks out. Ooh, perfect example right there. Oh yeah, because yeah. he was totally like, yeah, he was losing his temper, but he was like, kind of, kind of insulting him too. Kind of like, yeah. hey, I don't like those words you're using to me in my club, uninvited, you know, like kind of disrespect him or trying to in a in a small way. But yeah, man. Yeah. Same deal. Yeah. Be Frank Lucas. You yeah. Know what I'm saying. Rise above. Rise above. Just rise above. And yeah. So you want to you want to get somebody that's giving you direct feedback? That's great. Take notes. Make them feel good. And give, oh yeah, well, here's the last thing I'll say about this. The the underlying theme here is build a relationship with that person. Because because you're if you can you want to help this person eventually l- learn to become a little less abrasive and become a little bit more open-minded and become a better communicator and be you understand the indirect method you, you need to build a relationship this is a year-long process maybe longer so while you're doing all this you're building a relationship how do you i mean i guess now that i'm even considering saying this out loud i guess it's just a process and it's going to depend mm-hmm. but okay so i'm in this position and Jocko's giving me direct feedback, throwing in fifty percent insults. Right? I look. I'm gonna brush off the insults, and I'm gonna take. The, I'm gonna try to sift and filter out the the feedback and use it. Right? But at the same time, I don't want people to walk all over me. Right? Or would you say? And tell me if you even agree with this. Which is like, because there's a line between insults and then maybe one level deeper is like disrespecting you as a human, kind of a thing, and then like walking all over you mm-hmm. is maybe the last level we'll say yeah where do you, do you draw the, where do you draw can you draw the line even yeah you know we, we've talked about a similar thing before and what we what we the, the metaphor that i used was a dog and how sometimes you got to show your teeth a little bit yeah sometimes you got to growl mm. sometimes you got to bite we we don't want to have to even show our teeth right and the way you carry yourself you know, the, look, when someone insults you and you don't react to it, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, if, someone, if somebody like is disrespecting you, you might have to ask them an earnest question like, hey, am I missing something here? Because it seems like you're talking to me as if I've done something that is totally inappropriate. Can you, can, can you tell me what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So... If you get into that scenario where someone is just like straight up being disrespectful, and again, what does that actually mean? How much of this is real? How much of it is in your head? The whole idea of like disrespect, the best way to deal with that is just, hey, got it. Thanks, Echo. Hey, I'll I'll take it for action. Act like it's no big deal. It hurts you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I guess back to my point. Sometimes you gotta like growl a little bit. Mm. You know, maybe you change your posture a little bit. Maybe you, maybe you, you know, let let the situation go, and then later on you go back and say, "Hey, man, you kind of went off on this situation earlier. Are you okay?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that what you said earlier was like, am I missing something? Like, is this more of a deal than I may have thought? You know, because you seem pretty angry. The thing that's tricky about this is, let's face it, the degrees of of being friendly to being disrespectful. There's like a million degrees, right? So you're gonna have to, you know, either defend yourself or strike back. A whole bunch of varying different levels before you can say, you know, so we'd have to like look at us, but this person said this to me. How should I respond to that? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you in most cases, the baseline, detach, don't worry about it, carry on. Maybe, you know, you just look at them and say, my man. You know, like someone's being disrespectful to you and you go, my man. And you take a couple notes and you say, my man, got it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, what, what even is happening right now? So there's a good example. Denzel. All day. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, and you kind of did it right there where it's, it's less even about what you say and like how you say it. So like, even if you're like. 
And I'm totally just running through this in my head, mm-hmm. being trying to put myself in the situation. Like if someone's like insulting me, mm-hmm. right? And if I be passive aggressive or or um, and, you know high energy angry about, mm-hmm. hey, you don't have to call me a moron or something like that, right? Something that made me off balance or whatever, and I'm showing that, dude. As long as you can kind of, in a way, kind of say whatever, as long as you say it in a mild, like, genuine, like, oh, hey, did I mess up a little bit more than I originally thought? Like, you're kind of asking, like, in a genuine way. Dude, okay, let's, the moron's a good one, right? Yeah. If if you say, hey, Jocko, what are you doing even, what are you even doing with that, moron? Mm-hmm. And we're in front of a group of people, right? Yeah. And I go, well, quite frankly, for a moron, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. It's to, I, I just won, you know, yeah. like I took it. I laughed about it. I'm carrying on. Right. Yeah. So that's why I say detach. Take a step back. Don't get emotional. Don't get all defensive, man. You, yeah. If I go, what are you, who are you calling a moron? I'm basically guilty of being a moron at that point. <laughs> if I rise yeah. above, I just go, oh, you know, for I'm doing the best I can for a moron. Mm-hmm. Boom. Tables are turned. Everyone actually laughs more at my comeback than they did at your joke. Yeah. And now, now you might you might get mad. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You might now get mad. Yeah. So that's my general rule. Someone wants to get uppity with me. Someone wants to th- toss some insult at me. I'm gonna f- probably smile, laugh at it a little bit. I mean, dude, I wrote about this in Way of the Warrior Kid, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you want to call me plate face? Hey, <laughs> I drew a picture of a plate face. Hey, here's me as a plate face. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What a great way to absorb it and turn the tables. And again, not even turn the tables, it's just de-escalation. Cause I don't really wanna say, I don't wanna turn the tables cause then you escalate even more. Yeah. I'd rather just go, yeah, I'm a moron. I'll, I'll try and yeah. get it right, boss. Huh. You know, like it de-escalates the situation, which is what we're looking to do. Yeah. That way I can build a relationship. That way I can have more influence. That way we can move the team in the right direction. So there you go. Next Next question. question. Hey, Jocko, thanks for sharing your insights. You sharing your insights and lessons learned has helped me become a much better leader and much better follower. I love your book, The Code, The Code, The Evaluation, The Protocols. I was wondering if you still use that format today, that spreadsheet or anything. And if not, I was wondering about your journey in developing daily discipline. If you rewrote The Code, The Evaluation, The Protocols today, would you change anything? Uh, well, first of all, you should know we have EQH, which is a, an app that tracks all this stuff. Now you can get it on free on the App Store. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't really write this kind of stuff down because this is actually just my normal life, right? This, did, did I work out good? Yeah. Did, you know, did I work out today? Did I train today? Did I shoot today? Like this stuff is, did I develop myself professionally? All this stuff is sort of just how I'm going through life. Um, that being said, there is, there is an area when I look at the book now where I maybe feel like I should have gone given a little bit more weight to, and so I have a, there's a section in there that's about intellectual fitness and one of the comments is like cultivating something artistic, like art. Uh, like music, writing, or singing. I have no idea why I put singing there. Probably because because you sing. Uh, yeah, because I because I guess music is different. Because I would include guitar. Anyways, I, I think it would have been good to put something more concrete around that when it comes to improving yourself from a skill or an output creating a creative output rather than creative consumption. What I mean that, and and we've talked about this before, we consume so much, you and especially now, because consumption, intellectual consumption is so easy. Every time you get out your phone, you're just consuming. You're consuming someone else's content, quite literally. And you have to actually prevent yourself from consuming all the time and get to a point where you're, you don't want to, you want to spend a majority, a vast majority, you want to spend 90% of your time creating and only 10% of your time consuming. 
So we, we consume so much we don't produce enough. So I think if I rewrote it today and maybe the next version of it, I'll put, you know, how, what level of creation did you do? Because w- w- making things and getting something into the world is important, whether it's, like I said, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's writing, whether it's stories, wh- whatever it is. Doing something the way you create something is much more positive, broadly speaking, than consuming. Mm. Like, you get done watching a movie, you don't, there's very few movies that make you feel really great about the fact that you just watched a movie. (laughs) There's there's no content on Instagram Mm. that makes you feel great about the fact that you just watched this content on Instagram, Mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's nothing. There's nothing that truly is soul gratifying. Uh, There's never been. I've never freaking hit pause on Instagram and like taken a breath. (laughs) I don't know, bro. You ever seen those videos? Um, I dig your point, and this is probably just an exception. But you ever seen those videos of where? Okay, here's a specific one, but there's a compilation Mm -hmm. of this kind of video. So, military guy. Returning from deployment as a surprise to the sun. Yeah. Meanwhile, the sun is like a, I think a boxer or a martial artist. Yeah, yeah, and and he's spar- yes. And he's sparring with the coach blindfolded, you know, as like a drill or whatever. Yep. And then the dad comes in and replaces the coach as he's blindfolded yep, yep. and starts coaching the kid up. The kid yep. realizes it's the dad. Boom. And they hug. Okay. So, so that video and all the videos like that. Down? Are you going to break down on me right now, bro? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you try to watch a bunch of those videos after, you know, I mean, of course, not too much, but I'm just saying. Okay. That kind of gives you a good feeling. Okay. You know what I'm but, but that little hit, mm-hmm. if I was to then assess, like, how truly good and fulfilled do you feel right now from that video? I don't know. It makes me kind of want to go hug my kids. Okay, but wouldn't you be better off hugging your kids kids than watching the the next video? Yes, sir. I understand what you're saying. Hey, are there occasional things that maybe provide you some level of true gratification? Mm. Sure. Sure. Uh, If you have to watch 37 or even 22 or 19 or 13 videos waiting for that Nice little better dopamine hit. Like you take a little dopamine, little dopamine, little dopamine, you get a big one. You're like, oh. (laughs) My family right now is just like, if you're you're on your phone in my family right now, everyone in the family is going dopamine, 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 (laughs) dopamine. It's so funny. (laughs) Like if I go to check my email, everyone in my family is going dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. (laughs) If you're you're looking at Instagram in my family right now, you're just getting dopamine, dopamine, (laughs) dopamine, dopamine. (laughs) Yeah. The whole family is just on this kick. I started it, of course. Oh, you started. Oh, yeah. okay. That's so surprising. I started it. I started like someone in my family like, oh, I looked, got out their phone. I was like, oh, dopamine, dopamine. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, if I get out my phone, the entire family, dopamine, 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 dopamine. <laughs> so we're getting those little dopamine hitters. Yep. Big time. Those aren't good. Mm. What we want is where you get good, where you get a, a true dopamine hit is if you create something. And it takes time and it takes discipline, but you're gonna end up in a better spot. So I would say, I wish I would've, and perhaps I will in the next version, get it to a point where production outweighs consumption. That's my uh, that's my statement for that one. There you go. Yeah, and like Shit. I said, you can check out that EQH. It is, it is good if you have things that you need to get done, and you, I mean, this is what we said on podcast 174 with Good Deal Dave Burke. It's like if you have to actually, you, you you have to figure out where you are, figure out what your goal is if you're going to make progress in that direction. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. One more question. <clears throat> Greetings, Jocko and Echo. I'm a 29-year-old man who has been working on himself using a lot of the principles that you speak about on the podcast. I have no problem getting on the path, eating clean, staying productive, crushing life goals, and getting after it at the gym. Right on. The problem I see in my life is alcohol. What happens to me is that I will go out for a night of drinking with friends. Then the next day I find myself eating sugary foods, laying around and straying off the path. It's easy for me to say 
no to alcohol, but the problem begins once I have a few drinks. I will have a few more. Oh, once I have a few drinks, I'll have a few more, and I put myself in a position of having a hangover. I enjoy drinking with friends, and in the past have been able to stay on the path while still enjoying an occasional drink with friends, especially after crushing a long hike or some other physical accomplishment. However, as I get older, I find that alcohol distracts me from my goals and reaching my full potential as a human. What advice do you have for someone who wants to stay on the path, but still occasionally enjoys drinks with friends? Thank you, Jocko and Echo, for your podcast and positive message or sharing with the world. At, at this point, at this juncture in my, in my life, I just can't support alcohol. I, I, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't give you any advice about how like once a week and you just do it a little and you blah, blah, blah and put these mm-hmm. parameters on. I, I just can't do it. Uh, it, all, it starts with one drink. This is like what you're talking about. It's a classic scenario. Mm-hmm. The one drink is enough to just get you drinking, and now you're making bad decisions. You're freaking waking up with a Wendy's in the morning. Like you're just <laughs> you're you're losing the bubble totally. So I just can't. And look, I here's the serious note. I have seen so many people freaking completely destroy their lives with alcohol that I have no positive thing to say about it. No, I have no positive thing. Even even like the whole like, well, what about bonding? Like, I don't care anymore. I don't. I just don't care anymore. You want to bond with me? We'll go do jujitsu. We'll go surfing. We'll go for a run. You want to do something? You want to bond with me? That's what we'll do. I'm not gonna go out and poison myself and watch you ruin your life, um, so that I can. That's not gonna be my hobby. It's not happening. So, at this juncture, man, I would just stop. Just say no. Now listen, if you if you end up where you're in some extreme scenario where now everyone is like you don't have anything to do, you're not going out, uh, you want to go out, go be the designated driver. Drink a non-alcoholic beer. Nurse one beer. There's very few people that can do that. Mm-hmm. Not even recommended, really. Mm. Sometimes it's it's like, oh, I'll hold this beer, and that way people will, hey, you want a beer? Hey, you want a beer? And, and now I got to say, no, I'm not drinking. No, I don't drink. No, I don't drink 100,000 times. It just mm-hmm. becomes annoying. Yeah. So you're like, cool, I'm just going to hold this beer, nurse this beer, and hey, I, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Yeah. Look, is that, have I done that before? Yep, I have. You know, back in the day, go to a party, you know, Yep. Hey, I'll take a beer. Boom. Drink that beer for the next six hours. Mm. Why? Because it's more annoying to have someone go, want a beer? 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 No, I'm good. I'm good. Instead of, you want a beer? No, I'm actually not drinking. Why don't you take it? But the problem is, if you already kind of, you sound like the kind of dude that might be real easy slide down the path, right? Sliding off the path, I should say. Yeah. Where you're like, you get that designated driver, drink one beer in the hand to nurse, and next thing you know, you're f- nine beers deep and you're on the oh, sliding right into the gutter. So, what can you do? Get your get your friends start moving in a different direction, man. Schedule some stuff. You say you like to do hikes and whatever stuff with your friends? Cool, do it early in the morning. One of the first things that tapered my drinking was jujitsu, man. Like you do not want to drink all night on Friday night and show up at sa- Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning for open mat. Nope. That's a game changer. So. Uh, but you know, you also wouldn't want to do, show up at, uh, at the freaking 10K race or run or to go do stairs down at the stadium or to go for a, a one mile ocean swim at, at six o'clock in the morning. I was going to say five, but we'll call it six. We want it to be at least light out. Reasonable. So you don't want to do those things. So what can you do with your friends to be like, hey man, man, I'm, I don't feel like drinking tonight because I want to go tomorrow. I want to go do this, mm-hmm. and maybe go do something where there's other where there's other people there that are also kind of having fun. Like, what can you do where there's male and female participants if you're out looking for the for females? Because that's part of it, right? It seemed like back in the day when I was younger, the whole point of going out and drinking was to go meet females. That was like, am I wrong? No, you're correct. Yeah, it's like, we're going. If there was, it was like, oh, we're gonna go to a bar and drink where there's no females possibly coming, we wouldn't be doing this. We would do something else. So there's probably that going on as well. 
Now there was a couple bars where it was like just team guys. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there was a bar in down in IB back in Berkshire. <laughs> and there was on the scrawled in the bathroom on the wall, it said no chicks, just team guys. <laughs> but there were still females there. That's the funny thing. Yeah. So, anyways, my point is there's other things that you can do. There's all kinds of like cool sports people are playing frisbee golf. Frolf. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Uh, dude, I go to shoot archery and there's a frisbee golf player. There's people playing frisbee golf like it's like it's madness, dude. Yeah. And there's male and female. Yeah. So what can you do where you can go and hang out with people where you're not poisoning your body? Mm-hmm. And it's the problem is there's so much momentum behind like drinking. It's such a thing. Yep. Right? Yep. L- like there's one uh how many bars can you go to in Pacific Beach? <laughs> On a Friday night, a hundred? You think there's a hundred? Yeah, I think so. There's a hundred bars to go to on Pacific Beach, which is in San Diego, California, which is like a, kind of the spot for uh, uh, going out and uh, you know interacting in the bars. Mm-hmm. Go down to PB. There's a hundred bars to go to. There's like th- three places to go and do something else. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I don't even know. Like now they have like the axe throwing places or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, go shoot archery, man. Mm. Go shoot archery. Go down the local. Get a bow. Learn how to shoot archery. Go do that. Go do frisbee golf. I don't know why that's sticking to my head right now. Probably (laughs) because probably because it seems like it's a real low entry to low barrier to entry frisbee golf. Right. You got to buy a frisbee. Costs nine dollars, right? You're good to go. Sure. Even though they have like different frisbees and stuff, I haven't really tried it yet. But these people are out there, man. They're out there it. getting that frisbee golf on. So, anyways, I I just can't support alcohol. I just can't do it. I can't. I can't give you. I can't give you slack on this one. Yeah. Cause, dude, you're 29 years old, man. 29 years old. Seems like you have a lot of time left. You don't. You don't, man. Time goes by and it goes by quick. So let's find some productive things to do. Let's find something that's going to make you stronger, faster, smarter. Go do those things. And by the way, then you go out and meet some female that is also getting stronger and faster and better. Instead of one that's circling the drain on the gutter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bro, he's 29 bro he's done he's he doesn't need to do this anymore you with me i'm with you yeah 29 yeah bro that's about the time yeah for sure you're good dude you did it yeah you're good stop let's go let's go let's go take over the world bro hit me up we'll go take over the world we'll go take over at least a small country you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh so that's what you do man just stay clean and and by the way, then you're gonna end up, uh, end up meeting a bunch of people that are getting after it as well. Maybe you drag some of your buddies into the onto the path with you, and you start moving forward. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I just can't. I just can't do it, man. I've seen too much destruction. I've seen too much misery. I've been seen too many ruined lives for this thing. So that's what I got, man. That's what I got. Yeah, and it's even it's hard to get and give advice about alcohol because of how different it affects so many people yeah where you know there's a spectrum where there's guys for even here if he's he says it's easy to eat clean and stay productive and all this is like it's easy like that's he's a productive dude yeah and then you know the one or however many days he'll drink it's like he just gets thrown off the path so it's kind of like it he's not at the the what do you call the barrier or the the point he's not at any any breaking point you know some people they get a dy yeah. they do something and they're like i'm done you know it's it's obviously easy decision but essentially his biggest problem according to the question yeah is, he's like missing a workout yeah i miss workout i, I eat sugary foods right. and i lay around the next day or whatever which yeah. is basic stuff or whatever but for the most part he's like on the path so it's like he doesn't really have a reason to stop aside from the fact that it's annoying when that happens the yeah. next day you know where yeah the the, the only th- thing that makes me wonder a little bit is like he says he says once i have a few drinks i'll have a few more yeah. and that's sort of the pattern where 
I don't like the looks of that, man. Yeah. And I don't if, like the looks of that. If at all. that's happening day after day after day, yeah. it, at first it was just once on the weekend, yeah. then now it's like four out of the seven days. Then it's like, okay, that's different. But one drink, you know, like that's a, to me, you can be way far on the safe side of the spectrum with alcohol to still be like this, where it's like, yeah, I'll just have one. And then it's like 10 drinks later, you know, mm. kind of a thing. As long as like your biggest problem is being a little bit hungover the next day. If, if that's your biggest problem mm-hmm. and it's like one day a week or whatever, two, however, like if it's not very often, it's hard to really make like a distinct, especially if you're getting, let's face it, man, freaking alcohol has, this is why you, we're kind of behind the eight ball, I think as humans is because all these things that can produce that chemical, like dopamine all mm-hmm. the like positive chemicals whatever like to get it naturally takes so much effort and then compared to alcohol you just drink you Boom. just drink yeah so it's like man to compare th- those two competing with each other is hard so if you find someone in a lot of us or some of us will find it naturally or whatever or, or early on in life will be into certain things like a big one for me was like sports and weightlifting mm-hmm. where i knew bro if you, you try to go practice football high school college whatever after a night of drinking, bro, you can't. Yeah. So it's like, man, of course I'm not going to drink if I practice the next day, right? Um, or if you drink a lot during the weekend, when come Monday, it's like, bro, you can't really practice. So you kind of got to take it easy a little bit. But the, the, the format there is you have a reason not to drink because you're into other things that give you a, enough of a payoff. So the drinking payoff is less. See what I'm saying? So it's just an easy decision. But let's face it, froth, bro. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's powerful enough. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Or just some recreational thing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at this level of drinking. Yeah. So what's technically the question is what advice do you have for someone who wants to stay on the path but occasionally joins drinks with friends? Like again, man, it's really hard for me to endorse yeah. any kind of no. drinking. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if you go, okay, once a month I'm gonna cut loose. And on my plan day off, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, that's what you want to do. I just can't like give it the endorsement, man. Cause I've seen, I've seen this just lead down the, I've seen it just ruin people's lives, man. Yeah. Ruined lives. You don't think that alcohol can ruin people's lives. Yeah. It will ruin your life. Yeah. And I will say, dude, like I never felt like I was addicted to drinking and even when I, like, I, I just kind of like stopped because I retired from the Navy, wasn't really around my friends anymore. And I just was like, oh, okay, I got some businesses. And I just like, just t- tapered off. And eventually I was like, was like, someone was like, hey, you want a beer? Like, no. Like, I just kind of stopped. Right. It wasn't like a rule yeah. you made for yourself. Yeah. I didn't go like, oh, no. And like, even when, uh, what was it? Last year, England played in the World Cup. Yeah. And I went down and like had a Guinness, mm-hmm. you know, because it was England. We were in the World Cup. You know, I was fired up, and it's England. You know, like we're in a in an yeah. in an English pub. Yeah, yeah, we and were. Like, okay, cool. So, and I didn't like drink ninety seven Guinness. As a matter of fact, I had the one. Yeah, and I was like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. So, I don't think I'm I'm not like this person that I personally feel like, oh, I'm gonna fall off the path. I'm gonna be a disaster. I I just don't even have the desire. I don't even like the taste of it anymore. Mm. So, I just can't give an endorsement. To alcohol, I just can't do it. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I've seen it ruin too many lives. Yeah, I mean, regardless of where you're at on the spectrum, uh, it's really hard to argue with the fact that the best advice for any kind of alcohol scenario is not don't to drink. drink it, man. Yeah, don't drink it. There's so many other good things to do. I'll, you know, what's all, all the other thing with me is like, I don't have. What do they say? What do they say? Alcohol does gets rid of your inhibitions, right? Yeah. That's like the that's like the thing that they say. Yeah, yeah. I've always had that regardless of alcohol. Oh, like yeah. I I was never like, "Oh, I don't know if I want to say anything to her." When I was like a young single dude, I'd see a girl and be like, "Hey, what's up, sister? How you doing?" <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't have I wasn't all all you know shy and stuff. I was like, "Hey, what's going on?" And if I wanted to do something crazy, I would do it. Yeah. Whether I was drinking or not. So I never felt felt like like I know you and I actually have mutual friends that when they're not drinking like they won't say to use my wife's term boo to a ghost like they won't they won't <laughs> say anything to anybody. It's a good term. And so they have to like drink in order to g- get out of their shell, kind of yeah, right. Yeah. So I never had that, mm-hmm. and so I feel like um, uh, if I would have had that, maybe I'd be like, well, you know, I see what, but bro. 
Like just, it's just not gonna help you. And, and, and by the way, if you have these inhibitions that you feel like all awkward about, why do you have those? What are you doing? Dude, you're working out, you're in good shape. Like, see someone you wanna go talk to, go talk to them. Yeah, I feel like his is a super common one where it's like, yeah, it's it's not causing a huge problem, but here's what it is causing. And here's a scenario, and this is super, this is everybody, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You go out with friends after a freaking long hike, after a long week mm-hmm. of just, just on the path, and Friday night comes or Saturday night or whatever, and you go, yeah, we'll go out just for one. And you're having such a good time. You're so happy about the week, and the alcohol makes you feel more mm. that's what it feels like anyway where it's like you feel more you freaking bonding with your bros bro the bonding feels so much more when you're getting your drink on so after one you're like bro i don't want this to stop after just one i want like i want way more mm-hmm. and then after two you even feel it even more you know until you get to like the peak and then it kind of tapers off whatever however it works it's called a dopaminergic system or something like this unless <laughs> that's the way it goes See what I'm saying? So, so, it's what, like, so what's your point? It's not an issue right now. Enough. Oh. See what I'm saying? Where it's like, like that. Wait, it's not an issue, so he should just carry on? No. Um, no, no, <laughs> I would never say that. that, to, that to me, there's no. It's there's no re- carry on. There's no, there's no refute. The, refuting the fact that yep. the best advice you can give anyone, no matter what level of alcohol consumption they have, is to not drink. Like, that's always going to be the best. It's real hard to find any exception to that, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, it seems like he, it's a given that he wants to continue drinking, is what, it, what the question sounds like. No, I don't think so. He said, what advice do you have for someone who wants to stay on the path but still occasionally enjoys drinks with friends? Find out what it is that you enjoy with drinks with friends and how do you replace it without alcohol? Hey, let's go out and have a kick-ass steak. Let's have a barbecue. Let's eat steak and like get all hyped about steak. You know, like I'm gonna cook the kick-ass steak tonight. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what can we do? Mm-hmm. By the way, you go out and buy a freaking nice steak. Go to a nice restaurant and get a nice steak. Mm-hmm. And you only spend what eighty bucks. Yep. You go out for a night of drinking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So don't do that, dude. Yep. It's emptying out your wallet. It's emptying out your brain. It's emptying out your muscles. It's just emptying you out, man. Yes. Let's not do it. Yeah. Let's not do it. Let's try not to do it. Let's not do it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us. Thanks for supporting the cause. Thanks for staying on the path. Stay healthy. And by all means, stay clean. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko. Out.